We're continuing in chapter four. We're talking about the seven, uh, I, call, I guess we call them aspects of life for which we need to have betachen. And we spoke about the first thing, which is my own personal body, my health. We spoke about the second thing, which is uh, the money that I earn, my parnasa. And we spoke about the third thing, we finally finished, interpersonal relationships. Okay. Those are all matters of this world, what we call inyone elam haze. Now we're moving on to item number four, which begins the matters of elam haba. Matters of, well, actually, matters of this world for the sake of the world to come, if I'm going to be technically correct the way that Rebbeinu Bechayah said it at the beginning of, of this chapter. But now we're dealing with more of the spiritual stuff. And as we're going to see, it's very different. The application of betochen in spiritual matters is very different. And if I can just sort of sum up this class tonight, what we're going to be talking about, and talking about for maybe a, a few more classes, if I could sum it up, I would say, Our sages tell us everything's in the hands of heaven, except for one's awe of heaven. So the way that life treats you, that means health and wealth and family stuff. Hashem is running that. But Yiras Hashem, your own choice to be God-fearing, Hashem gives you uh, free will. So how are you going to rely on Him when He's giving you space to make the right decisions? So that's basically, that's, I mean, in a nutshell, that's the 30-second version of tonight's class. But uh, let's go. Let's go check it out, shall we? Now let's look at the fourth aspect of life for which we need to trust in Hashem. These are matters of duties of the heart and limbs, meaning emotional stuff as well as behavioral stuff, that a person. Um, has to do that, that, that affect himself, they benefit him or they harm him alone. In other words, it's just uh, my personal relationship with Hashem. Vizet, for instance, an example, katsoim, like fasting. Who are you affecting if you're not fasting? It's a personal thing. Now, the truth is we're going to have a whole discussion about whether our personal relation with Hashem is really personal or not. And I'm really tempted to get into that because the truth is it's not. Because, you know, it's like the person sitting in the boat and he's drilling a hole in the boat. And they say, what are you doing? You're going to sink us all. He says, hey, I paid for my seat. This is the spot under my seat. What do you care what I do? Everything that everyone does affects the entire world. But I think let's leave that aside. I would love to discuss this if it were an hour class. It's, it's, a, it's a half an hour class, so let's just leave that aside. V'chatfila, or like davening. The chasuke, or like having a sukkah on sukkahs. V'chalulov, or a lulov. V'chatzitzis, or like wearing the fringes. U'shmiras ha-shabbos, or keeping Shabbos. V'hamaydim, in the holidays. V'himonim in o'avedais, and not doing sins. V'chol chayvis ha-lavavis ha-shaloi taverna el zulase. And all the other duties of the heart that do not affect others. And 
and uh, whatever benefit or harm comes from it is only to him and it doesn't affect anyone else. Ofne yesha bitochen bekulam alhualakim yisbarich. The proper way of, of relying on Hashem in all these matters is as I'm going to explain. And I ask Hashem in His mercy that He show me the truth. The Nether Bakaydish says, What does it mean? As I shall explain, he, he summarizes the whole approach. He says that when it comes to material matters, mundane matters, so you should just um, trust that Hashem is running the world and whatever situation He puts in front of you, just you know, kind of go for it and go with the, with the flow and it'll work out. But when it comes to mitzvahs, you can't take that same approach. Because ultimately it's up to you, it's in your hands. So the bitochen is that you're trusting that Hashem is giving you the strength to carry out His will. But you can't just um, take a complacent attitude that, well, whatever mitzvahs I end up doing, I end up doing. No, you have to take initiative. Now once you've taken initiative, you can rely on the fact that Hashem is giving you strength. And you should rely on the fact that Hashem is giving you strength. To carry it to completion, but uh, you can't take a complacent attitude um, in this area. And, and it's not even like we were saying before about making a kli. Remember, we're talking about making a vessel. That's that's not what we're saying. We're, it's it's actually much more than that. Because over there, when we're talking about you know health or or, or parnosa, it was it was all about Hashem's blessing, and we just make a vessel. But when we're talking about actual religious duties, it's not just making a vessel, it's actually accomplishing the thing because of the nature of free will and the space that Hashem has, has given us. Okay, so let, let's continue. says that human actions that constitute either Aveda or Aveda, service of Hashem or transgression against Hashem, they can only take place when three factors are present, three preconditions, I guess we might call them. Rebbe Bechaya likes itemizing lists. Yeah, you notice that? He does a lot of lists. So here's our list of three factors that are required in order for anybody to do Aveda or Aveda, to do the right thing or the wrong thing. Hoacha, the first factor. He has to have free will. He has to have free will. In the second, he has to have the intent and resolve to do what he has chosen. And the third one is, he exerts himself to finish the job with his, his visible limbs. That's the, you know, stuff that you see from the outside. Uh, and bring it out into action. You know about the three frogs sitting on a log and two decided to jump off. So how many frogs were left on the log? Three. I said two decided to jump off. They didn't jump off. They decided to jump off. Okay. Deciding, right? 
So Bechira is deciding, but that's not actually doing it. So there's the choice, the resolve, and the actually carrying it out. Now, in regard to what is not hidden or removed from him, the choice to serve or to transgress, and then there's the intent and the resolve to carry it out. Trusting in Hashem regarding these things, it's a mistake and it's foolish. Menei Chalavavish says that trusting in Hashem is for things that are not in your control. And there's a whole lot that's not in our control. But something that is in your control, to trust in Hashem, that's foolish. Well, what's in your control? Whether or not you're going to make the right decisions to do good. That's called free will. So to say, I'm going to rely on Hashem, no. That's an, it's an, that's an error, and it's foolish. Because Hashem has left to us to choose to serve Him or to uh, rebel. Like it says, You should choose life. It's not imposed on you. But, here's the caveat. The carrying out of the intended the intended act of service or transgression, he did not leave to us. Rather, that involves certain causes that are outside of us, meaning outside of our control. Sometimes there are opportunities available, sometimes not. Sometimes there are obstacles, like uh, an, an, you know, a classic case of oinus, of a, of a situation beyond my uh, control. The, you know, the famous story about uh, Reb Zusha, yeah? The famous story of Reb Elimelech and Reb Zusha, that they were, they were arrested for vagrancy. They used to go around collecting for prisoners, collecting money for prisoners. They themselves became prisoners because they were arrested for not having a place to stay. And then they were thrown into prison, and it was time to daven, and there was a chamber pot, that was the latrine, you know, that was, that was the facilities. And so Zusha was crying because he wanted to daven, but, you know, according to halacha, you can't daven in an un- unclean place. So Rebele Melech asked him, why are you crying? He says, I want to daven. Can't daven. Rebele Melech says, you know, the same Hashem that wants you to daven to him also wants that in this place where there's a, such filth that you shouldn't daven. So really... By not davening, you're doing Hashem's will. Ah! And then Abzusha was so happy, he started dancing. And then Rabbi Elimelech started dancing with him. And the two of them were dancing and dancing, that they're doing Hashem's will. By not davening, because in this situation they can't daven. And then uh, the warden comes over and says, what's the ruckus? And the criminals who were there, they were just common criminals, they said, uh, these guys are happy. What are they happy about? I don't know, but it has to do with that pot over there. Well, if that's making them so happy, take it out of there. So the warden said, take the pot out of there. And then they looked around. They're, oh, the room's clean. Oh, now let's daven. Okay? So, you know, th- there are situations where you don't really have control of your situation. And, you know, like like Rebzushin Rebeli Melech, all they could do was not daven. Now, then Hashem changed the situation. Then... They could daven, but 
there are situations where, like this story where you, you can't do the thing that you want to do. You desperately want to daven, but you can't daven. Okay. So let's talk a little bit. About, so you understand that, the, that there is um, a little complexity here because on one hand, generally speaking, we shouldn't have been talking about these things because we should, we, you know, we should take initiative. We should take care of it ourselves. At the same time, um, there are details that we do rely on Hashem for. I'll mention one more thing before we, we, we go ahead. Um, there's, a, there's a famous story. I'm famous. It's, it's from the Bible, if you've heard of that book. Um, from the book of Genesis, actually. Um, and uh, actually, a lot of people know this story because uh, it was a Broadway musical. But anyways, uh, Joseph... Yeah, when he got reunited with Benjamin, so it says he fell on his neck. Joseph fell on Benjamin's neck and he cried, and Benjamin fell on Joseph's neck and he cried. And they were crying on each other's necks, and Rashi says the neck, the neck is symbolic of the, the Beis HaMikdosh, because the Beis HaMikdosh, Holy Temple, was on the Temple Mount, not, in the, not on the top of the Temple Mount, like just a little bit down, like, you know, corresponding to where the neck is. There's other reasons also why it's called neck. Um, like the neck connects the head to the to the body, the the Beis Hamikdash, the holy temple is like sort of this um, portal which connects heaven and earth. At any rate, the point is why are they crying on the neck? So so Rashi says because Yosef sees that the Beis Hamikdash, which was built in the tribal territory of Binyamin, will be destroyed. So why is Binyamin crying? He sees that Yosef's uh, descendants, uh, the, the 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 Mishkan in Shilai, the sanctuary in, in Shilai, which was in the tribal portion of Yosef's descendants uh, of Ephraim, that will be destroyed. So, classic question is, why were they crying over the other one's korban, the other one's destruction? They each had a destruction, so like, why are you crying for the other ones? And yeah, one answer is compassion. Yeah, okay, fine, compassion. Love your fellow like yourself, okay? So like yourself means you cry for yours and you cry for his. But no, they were crying for the other ones, not for their own. Why, why are you crying for the other guy's korban and you're not crying for your korban? So this is a sikh and chelik yod of Lukuti Sikhas, by the way, Parshas Vayigash. Basically, very simple. Korban, the korban of the bias, and we're in the three weeks now, so I guess it's germane to talk about this. That was an external manifestation of something that was going on spiritually. The, the physical temple was destroyed because there was a spiritual destruction among the Jewish people, a moral destruction, unfortunately. So Yosef prophetically foresaw that a moral destruction was going to happen in the land of his brother's descendants, Corbin Abias. And the and and Binyamin conversely saw that a moral destruction was going to take place in the in the land of his brother's descendants, the Chorban of Mishkan Shilai. When you are facing your own spiritual destruction, you don't cry, don't cry, take care of it, take care of it. There's a medish that says, "He said to me, offer kumi." Right, like we say in Chodedi, but it's also it's from the the, the Haftoras during the, the seven weeks of consolation. He said to me, "Ma'afar kumi, get up from the dust, shake yourself off, arouse yourself, 
So, there's a Medrash that says that if a rooster falls in the soot, a thousand people with a thousand combs can never get his feathers clean again. But if he gives himself one good shake, immediately he becomes spotless. And the idea is that when you're facing your own spiritual destruction, don't cry, take care of it. Do something. But when your friend is facing his spiritual destruction, what can you do for him? You can't fix his spiritual destruction. right? That's the codependent. What, what's the last thing that a codependent sees before he dies? Somebody else's life flashes before his eyes. So, we can't fix other people's spiritual problems. We can only fix our own. So, if I'm headed to my spiritual destruction, don't cry. Do everything you can to, to stop it. But if I see my friend headed toward his spiritual destruction, there's nothing I can do. Okay, so there's nothing I can do. So then what reaction should I have when there's nothing I can do? You know what reaction you can have? You can cry. Crying doesn't do anything. It's not supposed to do anything. It's just a compassionate response when there's something you can't do anything about. That's the whole, where is crying appropriate? Crying is appropriate when there's something that's sad and there's nothing you can do about it. If there's something you can do about it, don't cry. Do something. If there's nothing you can do about it, then, then cry. Because it's very sad that there's nothing you can do about it. You understand? People say, oh, there's nothing you can do about it, so you, do, you don't care. No, I do care. I care deeply. I'm crying. I'm saying to Hillam and I'm crying. But I can't fix this guy's problem. So, when it comes to our own free choice, we have to be very serious. And there's no time for tears. We have to take action. And that's really the point we're talking about here. Take responsibility for our, our choices and not even to mix in bitochen into that. However, because situations are complex, and like we said, there are different factors involved in getting things done, so there is an element of bitochen that does get incorporated in, even into these matters as well. So let's, let's talk about this a little bit. If someone relies on Hashem, has been talking in Hashem regarding his service of Hashem, and he says, Loi evchar v'loi echaven laseis klum ma'avedes habeda. I'm not going to choose to do anything. I'm not going to resolve to do anything. Achiv charli hatayv mimeno until my Creator chooses what's best for me. That's it, Hashem. I trust you. You guide me. Kvar ta'a miderech hayeshara. He's already straying from the straight path and deviating from the right way. You know why? You know why that that's foolish to say? It's kind of passive-aggressive, too. Oh, Hashem, Hashem, show me the right way. Show me the right way. Show me the right way to live. You, you see why that is insipid? Hashem, show me the right way to live. No? <laughs> okay, let's continue. The Creator may be exalted, has already commanded us to choose the performance of His service and to direct our intent toward it with vigor, resolve, and a whole heart for the sake of His great name. And 
And he already showed us that this is the right way for us in this world and the next. So we know exactly the right way to live. Oh, Hashem, show me the right way to live. What are you, the king from the Kuzari? What, you know, come on. You know the right way to live. We all know the right way to live. And if you don't, start learning Kitzah Shulchan Aruch, and you'll have more than enough suggestions for the right way to live. Okay? Now, if the means are available to us and we are able to carry out the work of service, which we had previously, previously chosen, we have bounteous reward for having chosen Hashem's service. And also we're rewarded for having wanted to do it. So there's great reward for the choice, for the choice. The choosing is very intangible. It's very hard to describe the choosing. The choosing is like this thing that happens only in your mind. Then, the intent. Remember, the choosing is a little different than the intent. And then actually getting it done. Those are the three parts of it. Choosing it, intending to do it, and getting it done. I think the Bechira is more rarefied, it's more abstract. It's like, in theory, this is a good thing to do. The Kavona, the intent, means, no, 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 this is what I'm intending to do. Like, I'm, I've set out to do it already. And then the Hashloma means actually getting it done. You know, the, and, and that's the part that's the least in your, in your hands. So we said, if, it's, if it succeeds. All right, what about if it doesn't? But if it's withheld from his limbs, meaning it doesn't succeed to, to do it, you still have the first two rewards for the right choice and the right intention. Like we mentioned earlier, and you remember back in chapter 3, we spoke about at length about it's not really about what we accomplish it's more about what we intended to accomplish and i gave the whole long metaphor about the three card monty and about the milgram experiment and you can check the archives okay and the same you know flip it the exact opposite but you know instead of reward it would be punishment but the same principles apply regarding sin anyone has any uh any comments or anything? Anyone want to say anything? No? Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. Okay? So, uh, We're going to have to leave off there with the Shara B'Tochen, and uh, we're going to continue in the next class.